All right, you are now listening to the Spirit of Detroit podcast. Today's episode, we are going to be going on a full recap of the Lions season. Season finally ended. We got the playoffs going on right now. Now it's time to talk about how these Lions did this season. Um, obviously, it was a really, really rough start. 0-10-1 to start uh, Dan Campbell's tenure here with the Lions. And it was, it was a few ugly losses in that. It was a few close losses in that. Um, and, not, and you can even factor in preseason. Uh, they were 0-13-1 yeah. to start. And uh, it was it was plenty of people calling for his job. Oh, yeah. Which, people were instantly calling for his job. It's ridiculous how quick people were calling for his job when we knew we were going into this season we were going to suck. I mean, even myself, I, like I said, I knew we were going to suck. I said this in the earlier podcast. I didn't know it was going to be this bad. Like as bad as it was when we started, because it was horrible. Um, it was, it was horrible. Um, I did see, like, I really did think that they were going to be able to pull off a win against Chicago, or like someone, anyone. Um, yeah. I mean, we technically had two wins in the book against the Ravens and Vikings, but obviously, um, that guy they got over there in Baltimore has a, a hell of a leg. He kicked a what a 67, 66 yarder, sixty six yarder. Yep, uh, NFL yarder. record. To win the game, and then the Vikings, we went down there, scored a touchdown, went for two to go up, and in 30 seconds they went and got a field goal range and ended the game with a kick. Um, I just I will say, uh, Lions fans, be thankful for Justin Tucker hitting that because we would be drafting seventh overall instead instead of uh, second. Yeah, and we'll talk about some draft position stuff later uh, to end, but just thought I'd throw that in there. But yeah, really, really, really tough start. Um, but even even through all that, them losses though, you can tell that the Lions out there that we're not giving up on on playing for Dan Campbell. Uh, week one, even um, that looked like it was going to get ugly fast. Oh yeah, the game against San Fran. Um, I actually went to that game. Um, and then you know me and my boy, we were getting ready to leave, and the Lions they scored a touchdown, got the onside kick, went down, scored a touchdown right away. Again, I'm like, okay, hold up, it's, it's possible. And I think, yeah, what happened? I think, did we get another onside kick? Something like that. I, I know Dan got, Campbell loves his onside kicks, and it was impressive. I think we did get two onside kicks. When I scored again, two point conversion, and then we got. I think it was Debo Samuel. He uh, Troy Flowers made a fumble. Lions got the ball back. We took it all the way down to the red zone. We did the score, but just that excitement and that that never quitting attitude, just in the first game of the season. You know, that really paved the way for how the Lions will play in most of their games this season. Yep. They, I mean, obviously you had the games against uh, Denver. Philadelphia is the one that stands out. Um, Cincinnati. You could, yeah, Cincinnati. You could say Seattle. Um, at least Seattle, they were putting up points. Uh, but every game it looked like they were in. In L.A., we had a chance. Goff threw a bad pass. That is what it is. Um, Against Green Bay the first time, we actually looked really good in the first half, but the adjustments Green Bay made in the second half, we couldn't. And, I mean, you're going to expect that, especially from a rookie head coach. Uh, I would hope that Matt LaFleur could outcoach Dan Campbell in a game like that, especially on Monday night in Green Bay. For sure. Um, Um, But then, you know, like I said, after that tough start, I think our season took a really huge change um, against the Steelers. Dan Campbell took play calling away from Anthony Lynn. Um, yeah. 
which honestly, I think if he would have did that a little bit earlier, we may have won a few more games this season, honestly. Um, I think we could have won in L.A. had Anthony Lynn not been calling plays. Yeah. He, um, yeah, he, he took play call away from him. We did not lose that game. We didn't win. That was the first non-loss of the season. Um, what an exciting episode that was. I cannot tell you. I had tears of joy. Yeah. Um, It looks like no one wanted to win the game, but at the end of the day, it didn't matter. The Lions did not lose. Yeah, that, that secured was... not having a winless season for the second time in franchise history, and to me, that's all that mattered. Um, now, at the end of the day, I would almost go back and like to lose that game, knowing that we were winning three more at the uh, remainder of the year because we would have the number one overall pick right now. No, actually, um, we still wouldn't. We wouldn't? I thought no. it was... Uh, okay. Jack- Jacksonville, with strength of schedule, that's why they're uh, picking over us. Okay. Their strength, our strength of schedule is a little bit higher than theirs. That's why. So. Okay. All right. Well, either way, um, you're right. That was a turning point. Yeah. Um, and then two games later, we get our first win against the Vikings. Um, three games. No, it was three two games. games. Oh, no, yeah, so uh, yeah, Cleveland and Chicago. Yeah. Well, actually, Cleveland Browns, and Chicago were close too. Yeah, Browns we lost by three. Bear, Bears we lost by two. Uh, we easily could have won both of those games. I think Jared Goff wasn't playing in either one of those. No, it was it was a Tim TB12 show yeah, Tim on Thanksgiving. Uh, no, Jared Goff actually did play on Thanksgiving against he did. the Bears. But You're Tim right. Boyle played against the Browns. Um, horrible. I mean, I wouldn't say horrible, but, you know, close games. Like I said, our season did take a, a change with that Steelers game. It, it showed in the next two games. Obviously, yep. Dan Campbell was getting the hang of the play calling, so that's why our – Offensive output wasn't as high those two games. But then coming down to the Vikings game, we scored 29 points and got a dub, first dub of the season. So I, I guess I think I would say so, yes. As a team, as a whole, Pittsburgh was the start. But I don't think Jared Goff really got there until that Vikings game. So he had made that critical interception. Um but managed to lead the team back down the field and get that win, uh, yeah. obviously, at the last second. Yeah, that and I think was probably when he made this turnaround. That moment, I think he realized that he can win here. Um, the, he does. He has the whole coaching staff behind him, Dan Campbell especially, Brad Holmes, you know, obviously. Yeah. He, he um, has the whole team behind him right now. And, you know, he very well could not be that franchise guy. I, I don't expect that. I did not expect that when the trade happened. But he's a guy that you've seen it before. He can win you a playoff game. He did go um, to the Super Bowl. Obviously, he did. I mean, he, he may have been carried there by that, that defense and that run game, but he still was a starting quarterback on the Super Bowl yep. team. I mean, he, he did play like garbage. Game. Yep. I mean, he's not – at the beginning of the year, you know, he was. He was a horrible quarterback. Threw it away on fourth down twice. Um, just he looked lost. I called him a kindergartner. He had all the pretty pictures on his arm to to look for plays because he can't. You know what I mean? Like, it was all, it was a big drop-off from Stafford, especially from a professional uh, standpoint. But oh, yeah. um, And also, that uh, Vikings game, another player that took off after that was uh, Amaron St. Brown. Fourth round pick, what a diamond in the rough. Yes, after that game, he finished the season at least eight catches in every game. Um, and at least one touch, he averaged a touchdown over the final 
Yeah, I, yeah, you're right. At least one, uh, like it averaged out to one. Yeah, because he, yeah, he did score two touchdowns one game, and in one game he didn't score a touchdown at all. So he did. He averaged at least a touchdown a game over the final six. And that's a fourth round pick, guys. We didn't need to spend a first round pick on Jalen Rieger for that. Yeah, um, he's definitely. I would say he is probably the third best receiver out of this draft class right now. Yeah, Jamar Chase, uh, Waddle, and I'll probably put Saint Brown there third. I think I think St. Brown will surpass Waddle next year. Um, Jamar Chase is just unreal. Yeah, Jamar Chase is probably is definitely going to be the best receiver in this in this draft, especially he's going to play with his college quarterback and Joe Burrow. They got already that chemistry. Um, yeah, and I mean that's fine with me. Um, you knew what he was going to be coming out of college. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, is fourth rounder to USC. Uh, I remember seeing all you know training camp uh, scouting reports saying, you know, Chris Brownrunner uh, can be solid, like a Golden Tate-style player, and I think that's oh, really yeah. ultimately what he will be. Better. I'm really, I really want to see, though, how, how he's going to incorporate with TJ Hawkinson out there, because obviously TJ Hawkinson missed a big chunk of the, the final games of the season, so that gave St. Brown more opportunities to get the ball his way. What I would like to see them do, um, it was actually mentioned in the Rams-Cardinals game last night, is how they use Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby. Yes. They run Cooper Cup ahead and uh, Higby trails behind, and that just leaves someone open. I want to see more of that. We Honestly, we probably will because teams are going to start doubling St. Brown with him being probably our best receiver. Um, I don't. Think and you're going to have Cephas back. Yeah, I don't think St. Brown is a wide receiver one. No, he's a slot guy. Yeah, he's like I said, he's Golden Tate 2.0, but better. Um, but we do have to go out there and get a a, a number one receiver. I I wouldn't. Yeah, I think Cephas is solid. I think he's a good like receiver three. I want to see them bring back Josh Reynolds. I know we want to get into free agent stuff later on too. Um, it's just there's so much to talk about because. Yes, we were 3-13-1. This was not a 500-record season. This wasn't, you know... Well, we were 3-3 three and three over the final six. 3-3 three and three over the final six, and you have Tracy Walker, who could easily go get a bag at any team that offers it to him and go probably play somewhere and have a chance at winning. I think Dan Campbell and Aubrey Pleasant, like you said, uh, that's yeah, the reason those- he's staying. I, I think, think he those two guys are also going to get outside players to come want to sign in Detroit. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Um, it's going to be really, really interesting to see. And I don't think I've ever seen a Lions coach have that influence on players coming. The last coach that I've seen probably had that kind of influence was Caldwell. Caldwell. Yeah. And even like he did, he had James ahead of O. Uh, like players like that, and they were quality dudes, and that's what you need. You need veteran leadership, but they have to be quality dudes. They yeah. can't be uh, like Trey Flowers. He's a veteran, yeah, but he's not a leader. Um, Jamie Collins obviously is not a leader. That's why he was booted out. What by what yeah. week three, week four? Yeah, he was. And then we gave honest Jalen Reeves Maven a chance, who had. I'm so glad to see Jalen Reese maybe finally get a chance out there because he actually made some big plays down the stretch for the Lions. And I hope he stays. Yeah. Um, the pass regime used him poorly. I said it from the day we drafted him. And I saw the way he played at Tennessee. And I said, you have to give this kid a chance. Stop playing Gerard Davis if you're not going to use him properly. 
and give him a chance because obviously, as a, from a physical standpoint, uh, Maven would fit better, and they never did. Um, and you can say that about a few players. Uh, I know I've mentioned Tease Tabor. I think would have been a fantastic safety, not a cornerback. Yep. Uh, and it's just stuff like that that the past regime failed to analyze. But I think this group of guys that they know what they're doing. Yeah, I even um, said it on Twitter. Um, actually, I said this right when we signed Dan Campbell. I know a lot of people were mad that we didn't get Robert Sala. But I was saying, I, I thought they got the, the pick right with um, Holmes. And and seeing Dan Campbell's like introductory press conference and his energy, I'm like, I think he might be the right person for the job as head coach, too, you know, to, to be a player's coach. And after the first season, I wholeheartedly agree that they're, they're sending us in the right direction right now. Yeah, it, it was the right move. I know, you know, obviously the whole biting kneecaps and everything and him wearing the race helmet to the press conference, gimmicky stuff. Yes, it looks stupid. But at the end of the day, do the players want to play for him? Because look at Urban Meyer, professional as hell. Absolute scumbag. Yeah. Lost the locker room by what, week three? Was that the Cincinnati game? Yeah. Like some, something crazy like that. Like... It's and and Dan Campbell 100% has a locker room here in Detroit. Oh, those, without those a doubt, wanna, those players want to go out there and battle for him, for for Aaron Glenn, for Aubrey Pleasant. You know that whole coaching, like Dan. When the, the thing that really had me set on Dan Campbell when he first got here was the team that he built around him. Yes, that he he built a solid, deep coaching staff. A lot of former players that that can really, you know, get down there and relate to what these players need to be doing. Juice Staley was the yeah, most impressive. Oh Deuce, yes, I loved. Like we, this is the best running back room that we've had. The tight end years. coach. What is that? Ben Harrison. Is yeah, that he, Ben? Yeah, Ben Johnson or something like that. Ben Johnson. Yeah. He, he's gonna um, be, he's gonna be the probably the um, office coordinator because he he had a a big say in like a lot of the the, the office that they was running. So, okay, so real quick on Dan Campbell. I think this is – so we've talked about the group, the crew he built. Um, and I don't know if you remember him saying essentially like accountability is key. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one person isn't like essentially immune from stuff. He said something to that effect. And it was really impressive when he was kept his word and said – Anthony Lynn, like, you're done. Yeah. Like, this is not working. I know I picked you, but I'm yeah, not going to let this go on. That's the even, like, creative thing about it because Anthony Lynn actually wanted to, you know, sit out for a year. And Dan yeah. Campbell told him, no, come over here, be my office coordinator. And he did. But Dan Campbell having that that will to say, all right, this isn't working. I got to do something. You know, I'm going to need you to step to the side. And then Anthony Lynn not only accepting that demotion, but staying with the Lions through the end of the season. Obviously, we know he didn't like that demotion. He said it himself. But his main goal was to help the Lions win games, and he said that, and he stayed and proved that. I mean, I know he had a little bit of say that still went into the offense, too. He may not have been calling plays anymore, but he definitely had a say. But um, that just goes to show you the respect that they have for for each other on that staff for him to to still – because anybody else, they probably would have left. Oh, um, without a doubt. And Anthony Lynn if Matt said Patricia on... had told, uh, you know, who was it? Uh, uh, Daryl Bevel. Yeah. If he had said, like, I'm taking your play comment, Bevel would have left. Yeah. Because I guarantee you Patricia would have said it, you know, a lot worse. And um, um, even Anthony Lynn said that he 
he understood and respected what Dan Campbell did with taking the play calling away. Cause and that's why and Aaron, Anthony Lance said if his team was the same way starting out 0-10-1, he would have had to do the same thing, take away play calling from his offensive coordinators to make things work. It's And just, once again, accountability, accountability, accountability. Saying, yeah, uh, I forgot what game it was. And he, Dan Campbell straight up said, we sucked in this, uh, whatever it was, third down defense. Like, we sucked. We have to do a lot better. He didn't yeah. say, well, we just have to execute. He straight up said, we sucked. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. Um, because you have to acknowledge, you know, you're not perfect. You're, yeah. you know, a three-win team. You're not great. You do suck in some spots, and that's okay. You're supposed to. Yeah, the, the Lions had a lot of holes on their, like, their team. It was it was a, a roster that lacked a lot of talent, but to come out of that season winning three games and then possibly could have won a few more with, you know, those close games that we had with the team that we had, it shows a lot of, like, how good that coaching staff really is. Like, that, those wins were on coaching. They weren't on talent or wasn't on – it was coaching. They got them those those Ws. Um, Part of that coaching is the aggression Dan Campbell had. He set the NFL record for most uh, fourth down attempt conversion yeah. attempts. I think we were 50% and, on the season. Yeah, he broke the record for not only the most attempts but conversions on yeah. top of that. And – Going into next year, uh, if you look ahead, I believe it was seven before Joe Judge was fired, I believe. So it's either seven or eight games against rookie head coaches next year. And if he can walk away with five or six wins even out of those seven or eight. Yeah, I I personally think if the Lions can have both a good draft, which I'm going to touch on the draft class that we just did. I'm going to touch on that later. But if they can do another good draft and have a good offseason, I can see them winning eight to ten games next year, which could put them in a wild card spot. Or it could give them the division if Aaron Rodgers really does leave. And right now we got Minnesota and Chicago both looking for new coaches. Looking for new coaches. Um, Justin Fields, he needs the right coach, and if he doesn't get it, they're done. You can kiss his career goodbye. So that's that's very touchy, and that's going to be really. I'm really interested to see how they handle that. Um, Minnesota, I think Kirk Cousins is going to be on his way out. I think I would not be surprised to see uh, a team like Indy calling because uh, I think they've already given up on Carson Wentz. Yeah, Carson Wentz is, is done in Indy, especially considering the fact they couldn't win against Jacksonville to get in the playoffs. I, I think Carson was, is. Is out. I've I've said this since the day he was drafted. He is not all that. He no, can't stay not. healthy. And I His actually had really won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. That's that should say it all right there. I I had a, a coworker at uh, the other, Amazon, and he was like, "How much you want to bet that Carson Wentz and the Colts will make it farther than Stafford and the Rams?" <laughs> yeah, I know what I'm talking about. And the Colts suck. And yeah. Oh, Carson yeah. Wentz sucks. Um, Jonathan Taylor's was probably the reason they won. Yeah. A good chunk of those games. Yeah. I mean, he led the league in rushing this year. Yeah. Um, but even, you know, speaking of rushing, I uh, you know we brought up Deuce Staley earlier, and I said how this is the best running back room we had in a while. The 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 um the stats say it, too. We rushed for 1,886 yards this year. That's the most we've rushed for since 2013 and before that. 2004. Yeah, and didn't you say you couldn't 
the farthest you went back was 04. 04. And they hadn't even touched 1800, had they? No, they have not touched 1800 since. No, like I said, I went back all the 2004. None of those years they touched 1800. Uh, no, I, I mean, we did have an extra game this season. We uh, did. But even if you take away that, we ran for 1787 or 1785, I believe. Yeah. Which it's, is still the most since 2013 and before and that, craziest, 2004. craziest part is you had no Frank Ragnos for the entire season. Yeah. And you were missing Decker for at least half the games. Yep. Panay missed a few games. And you're running out there with freaking Matt Nelson, Big V. Evan Brown. It's just, it was a hodgepodge of an offensive line. That just shows. Now, I'll, I'll um, take this back to the, the other regime. Bob Quinn actually did a really good job of building that offensive lineup. That was the only thing he did well. Yeah, he, um, I mean, he got uh, us the offensive line. Um, and he drafted Hawkinson. Tracy Walker and um, TJ Hyden, all those players too. But the one thing that he actually like really built on that was terrible when he got here was that offensive line, and it's showing right now. Um, it is. They, and, I think, you know, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, and we, we have four solid running backs, five solid running backs, honestly. Uh, I don't even know if they're going to carry all five next year, but each of those guys that carried that ball in that backfield score, I think they all scored a touchdown and they all gained some significant yardage. I believe Iguabuke is going to be gone because of his uh, fumbles. It's possible, but he also was on the team mostly for um, special teams. Special teams. And I think the only way he is gone is if he loses the kick return job. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, we like I said, we got Swift, Jamal Williams. I love Jamal Williams. Uh, his energy and attitude. I know he's got to be one of the funniest guys in that locker room. I want to get Jameer practice. Jefferson, Craig Reynolds, Netflix. Yeah, oh, made a, a, a strong appearance. He rushed for over a hundred yards actually in one of the later games in the year. It's it's, uh, it's crazy, honestly. Like how we've had a few hundred yard rushing games. In the past few years, after going like six, seven years without a hundred yard rusher, I and it was a decent stretch, I think, where we went without even a hundred yards in a game total rushing. Yeah, and now the, uh, the, I, I think we were averaging what? Let me see how much we averaged a year. We averaged one hundred and ten yards a game on the season. It kills me we didn't have Stafford for this year. I believe Stafford with this regime actually might have won a playoff game at least. I'm not. I do too. Not this year, but probably yeah, probably not this year. Um, but building building on on what we have right now, they probably would have won one. Um, I think so too. Initially going into the season, you know, we were thinking, oh man, this might be like a three or four year rebuild. I think this might be a one or two year rebuild. I think I think you're exactly right. I think. This year was the first year. This was the let's try to get a top five pick. I think next yeah, this year was, is, let's build on that and get at least six, seven wins. And if this, this is six, exactly why wins. I'm glad the Lions didn't go out there and just lose like everybody wanted them to after they won their first game. They built a winning culture here with these players. It's not even like ultra talented yet before adding real talent to this team. There's going to be yeah. real talent coming into an already winning culture. You know, a team that's not going to quit no matter how far they down. You know, the biting kneecaps. Like a lot of people <laughs> joked about the biting kneecaps thing, but the Lions really were out there, like you biting kneecaps. You might want to be careful. You might get called the fake Lions fan and saying that's a winning culture. You guys, you know, you, you have to understand. You don't have 
a winning culture doesn't necessarily mean you are winning Super Bowls. You have to have a winning mindset. If you go into every game and you just don't want to play, whether it's the coach, whatever it is, you just that's a losing uh, culture. Yeah. Going into every game saying we and have they, a chance. And this team winning. went out there every every game and then and played like they wanted to win every game. They uh, really did. I love that about and, this team. And they still walked away with a second overall pick. Yeah. And, and, and a big, a, a big like, um, help in doing that is this rookie class that we just had. You know, I was saying we need another good uh, draft this offseason. According to Pro Football Focus, the Lions had the fifth best draft class this year. Just yeah, I mean. Every pick played a significant role. I think the only person that really didn't, like, live up to their hype so far is uh, Levi Ozarike. Yep, I was just about to say. Uh, but Aline uh, McNeil made the pro football focus um, all-rookie team. So did Panay Sewell. St. Brown obviously came about the third best wide receiver out of that draft class. Um, we had a few undrafted rookies. Jerry Jacobs. Yeah, Jerry Jacobs man. before he got injured. I hope he comes back um, healthy. Um, Real quick, uh, speaking of cornerbacks, uh, Malafonwu had that absolutely beautiful pass breakup against Devontae Adams in yes. the last game. Yeah. Last game of the year, I'm talking like that was played like Richard Sherman Legion of Boom. Like, oh, yeah, I, you know it's crazy. I was actually at that game and they were coming towards our end zone with that play, and like I'm in the crowd watching and I'm like I see the ball coming. I'm like, oh my god, turn your head around, turn your head around, and he turned his head around at the last second and was able to swat it. It was beautiful, well well time play. You know, um, Devonta Allen's one of those receivers that like to put their hands up late for yeah. when the ball is coming in and Melifon you. You know, he, he got that. Uh, you know, he's another one of those rookies that, I mean, he was injured early in the season, so he didn't really get a lot of uh, playtime early on, which is where Jerry Jacobs came in and, you know, solidified his role as a, a solid cornerback as an undrafted rookie. But um, once he came back, I'm going to find you, he was also pretty solid out there. So we yeah. had a really, really good draft class. And it's crazy. So just right now looking at Amonra St. Brown's uh, – Relative athletic score, like his forty, he only had, he ran a four point six. He's fast. Yeah. Game speed, he's fast. Uh, was against the Packers, he he was just running through guys. Um, but like you look at his vertical jump, his broad uh, jump, his bench. I mean, he he had 20, 20 reps, and that's pretty impressive for what you would consider a slot receiver. He's strong. So yeah, Derek he, Barnes I think will be solid as well. Yep, he had he had his moments. Um, obviously, he had moments too where he wasn't as good. And Dan Campbell called him out about that in press conferences. Um, yeah. I actually I love that. You know, if someone's you got you got to let them know. Um, but he's I think he's going to be a solid linebacker for us. Jamar Jefferson, real quickly, his RAS score had like just an overall of like two point two. Mm. And uh, it didn't look like it. His uh, what? His first? I think his first career carry he took for like twenty some yards and a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, um, you can get players to play hard. It's just you know. Yeah. The, the this says a lot to the the Lions scouting department. I mean, Holmes was the Rams um like league college scout, so he is pretty good at this this scouting thing, and it is showed with his draft class. He found Todd Gurley. Yeah. 
He found Aaron Donald. I mean, he also traded up, wanted to trade up, or it was in that room where he traded up and got grabbed Jared Goff. But still, they did find some gems. Jared, was Jared Goff, that was the same year as Carson Wentz, though, right? Those were the top two quarterbacks? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I think Jared Goff still is way better than Wentz. Yeah. So. But yeah, uh, they found some gems. It's like the Lions found some gems with their draft picks this year. You know, really top five draft class. If we can have another top five draft class, like I said, this is going to be a one or two year rebuild. The Lions could win eight to ten games next year. Yes. Um, um, with with the right draft, right off season. Um, and speaking of the off season, we got a few like we got a few key free agents that are that are that we need to resign. Um, Tracy Walker, as we mentioned. Yeah, I would like to see us resign Jalen Reese Maven. Um, Charles Harris had a really good year with us. Um, Alex Anazoli. Yeah, I'd like to see him back in Jack yeah, Fox. He, well, after obviously. Jamie Collins was let go, he actually really took off as a, a solid linebacker. Um, Josh Reynolds, I would like to see come back too. Jack Fox, the man of um, the Yeah, Jack Fox, I think he obviously is going to come back. I think he's just... He's, it's very rare that you lose a punter to free agency. It's like... It's if you don't want them back. Yeah, and so. obviously they're going to want Jack Fox. He's not going yeah. nowhere. Like you said, Tracy Walker. Um, Jason Cabinda. I feel like we may um, resign he to. Yeah. He was huge in the run game. It's just a lot of value, guys, I think, that you can bring back. Yeah, um, Evan Brown, can... Matt Nelson. Can you hear the people above me? I'm sorry, guys. I just moved into a new apartment. And, uh, the people above us have the kids that are just an Oh, I think I can chilling. hear running around. Yeah, sorry um, about that. <laughs> even um, C.J. Moore and Bobby Price, uh, they were two of the young safeties that we had. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to signing them two for death. Yeah, I there's, and there's no shame in going into next year with almost the same roster and just adding on, because because they were they were so close to just winning a few games this year. Yeah, which um, I mean, I can see them doing just that. And getting one more year out of golf before getting rid of golf and then having that new quarterback take over with, you know, really building around that new quarterback. Um, Exactly. And you don't have money to spend on free agents this year. You're going to have have like, we're only going to have like 35 to 39 million. Yeah. And um, you're going to sign Tracy Walker's probably going to take like 10 to 12. I feel like, yeah, Tracy Walker and Charles Harris might take the, the most majority of that. But you can probably backload their contracts. I think. Like I said, I yeah, think Tracy Walker himself said he wants to stay here. He wants to build on what we he wants to continue building on what we're doing. But he also understands the business side of it. And if the money is not right, obviously he's not going to sign here at no discount. Yeah, he knows like his value. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I believe well, the Lions well, know his value too. Yes. Um, it was actually like talked about a lot when um, Pleasant came over here that he was going to get the best out of Tracy Walker. Like this might have been Tracy Walker's best year, and it, it really showed out there. It uh, was. He actually led the team in you, tackles this year. 107, I believe he had. Yeah, it's actually it's really crazy for your safety to lead your team in tackles. Usually, it's your linebacker with the over 100 tackles, but it, it Tracy Walker is a really good tackler. It just goes to show, um, just because someone self-proclaims himself as a defensive guru and talks the loudest and acts like they're the smartest, doesn't mean it. No, and that goes for everything in life, and it's very obvious that uh, Matt Patricia was not that. Bob Quinn maybe wasn't horrible. His draft picks weren't. With the exception of like uh, Okuda was horrible. Yeah, uh, there was a couple of other ones that were just like Jelani Tavai was a head scratcher. Yeah. He had some I think really. Bob, 
Bob Quinn's worst decision as a GM was Iron singling Patricia. in on Matt Patricia as the head coach. Not uh, for Abel. Yeah, they were the same time. We could have. I don't even think we interviewed Vrabel. We did, but it was like kind of like a formality. Yeah, just to get other names in the pot when they already knew that they were settled on Matt Patricia. That's where we, that's where um, Bob Quinn went wrong. He had, like I said, like you said, he did have some solid draft picks. Um, and the development, uh, the coaching staff just did not develop those picks correctly. No, not at all. I think we got a really good developmental coaching staff right now. Um, like Hawkinson even last year was solid, but he blossomed even more the second Patricia left. Yeah. As soon as Stafford was able just to rip that ball wherever he wanted, it was very obvious that TJ Hawkinson was special. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but the Lions, I feel like right now, this is the brightest their future has looked probably since I've been like into this whole football thing. This is the brightest I've seen their future look. Do you mind if I get on, step on my pedestal real quick and, uh, because yeah, I talked about it a little bit on Twitter. I know you you feel the same way as I do. Um, we have the number two pick in the draft this year, guys. And I know we have that second first round pick. Do not dare say I am not a Lions fan because I want Stafford to win a playoff game. Because here's the thing: if you sit here and you say, "Well, I want the best draft pick available," obviously yes, you do. But if you should be able to trust your GM. To find, who just found Amon Ross St. Brown in the fourth round the year prior, right? He took him over Henry Ruggs, Jalen Rieger, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's very obvious he has an eye for talent. You don't need, especially in a draft class where anything outside the top ten isn't really substantial. Um, Six picks really doesn't make a difference. Drew Brees was taken the first pick of the second round. Devontae Adams was a third rounder. Tom Brady was, you know, some of you. Sixth rounder. And you guys call him the GOAT and your Lions Antonio fans. Brown was a sixth rounder. Exactly. Um, Honestly, you like, trust the scouting. Trust the process. Yes. Let people enjoy someone who gave literally every bone in his body uh, for 12 years let let them enjoy him winning a game. Yeah. Now, same same way people for, same way people enjoy watching Justin Verlander go win a ring, Max Serger win a ring with the Washington Nationals. Yep. But uh, we want to see Stafford do the same thing. And it's not I think what they don't understand is they think we're rooting for the Rams. When the Rams won, I wasn't like, oh like, oh yes, I, I can't wait for next week. It was I can't wait for Brady versus Stafford. It wasn't Bucks versus Rams. It was Stafford. The fact that the man that I was told by many people could not win you a playoff game no matter what team you put around him because he made boneheaded mistakes, went out there, threw 17 passes, completed 11 with a bunch of drops, two of which were touchdowns, and he ran for one. Mm-hmm. He played a sound football game, and that's it's really amazing what happens with great coaching, a solid organization. And I think you're going to see that with the Lions. Trust me, you guys. When the Lions get to that point, I don't really care what Stafford does. I wanted him to win his playoff game. I want him to be able to go to the Hall of Fame like I think he deserves. He's, I think um, he's definitely going to go in the Hall. I think he's got it now. He's got his playoff win. Maybe get a couple more under his belt. Um, but once the Lions start winning, a Super I'm Bowl serious. will definitely put him, put him in the um, 
in the hall. If if he wins the Super Bowl this year, I really don't care what he does next year. Like I like I don't think people understand. I want him to have the success that he did not get here. But obviously, I want the Lions to win more than anything. But are they there right now? No, they're not. And the difference between the 26th pick and the 32nd pick isn't going to turn this franchise around. No, not at all. In one year. This isn't, I mean, the chance, okay, I'm not saying it can't because anything is possible, but the chances are so unlikely. It's just not worth separating a fan base over. Just let people enjoy football um, because that's what it's all about, right? It's football. Everything is bigger than football. And, you know, you see people, I saw people wishing injuries on Stafford. Um, People saying he's just going to do what he always does and choke. No. It's it's just uh it was just really unreal to see him win. Uh and I think seriously, I think the Lions are gonna get there and you bet your ass I will be partying like it's nineteen ninety nine. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. Just like the whole city will. Um I mean I that's think, really I all mean, we want, right? We'll, we'll be probably like to have a playoff win. If we win yeah. a division. You if know, the Lions get a home playoff game within the next five years and they win that, that's a Super Bowl right there. Yeah, I mean, not for the players, a, but I, for I the fans. I guarantee is going to be the loudest you've ever heard it if, if that happens. It, it will blow Arrowhead Stadium out of the water, I think. Um, I mean, you heard how loud it was when they beat Minnesota and that stadium was like half full. Yeah. Uh, it's just... It was, it was loud like that, too, against Green Bay. Um, when we won that game to end the season. Exactly. Like, that game meant nothing. But to the players, to the coaches, to the fans. It meant everything. Like, it it's, did. It's still a it, game. It's Green Bay if, over everything on top of that. But it just shows that, you know, uh, oh, boy, what's the announcer? Greg Olson, right? Tight end yeah. for the Carolina. Yep. So he had said that if they were serious about winning, Dan Campbell wasn't going to lose that game. And literally, on the second he said that, DeAndre Swift, that was that touchdown run he had. Yeah, and I I know the Lions got a, got wind of Jacksonville winning their game and having the opportunity if they lose that game, they get the number one pick. And that just goes to show you that they don't care about the draft pick. They care about winning. Yep. Last game of the season. They're playing for nothing right now, and they went out there and won a game. They played for themselves, the coach, and their city. And you need that. It, it and you know what? They had their trick plays and they they had their fun, but they they executed it. Yeah. Two two double reverse passes in that game. Man, I blows my mind. It's just just enjoy, just enjoy what you have while you have it. Um, life's too short to just because you know your team doesn't do good, like. There's, I guarantee you, there's Lions fans, you know, that are Pistons fans too, but they love LeBron James. Yep. Like, you can, that would have been like wishing Ben Wallace bad luck after he left, or Chauncey after we traded him. Um, like, like you said, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, like all those players. Like, it's just nice to see. Like, Stafford made Lions football watchable. For oh yeah, for sure. His any game he went out there, 
they had a chance in about I'd say seven out of ten games that he played. They had a, ch- a solid chance. Um, but it is what it is. He didn't win no division titles. You know, I'm a Stafford fan that can admit that he didn't win no division titles. He didn't win a playoff game. You're right. Yeah. But the Lions haven't won one since '93. They haven't won a championship since '57. I'm a football fan, not just a lion. I mean, lions before football, obviously. But if a player that I like is part of a actual good football team, it's enjoyable to watch. Yes, it's much more enjoyable to watch Stafford, who was a lion and you know a Detroiter for all those years, than Tam- Tom Brady and Tampa Bay winning. Like, what what fun is that? You really want to see Tom Brady in the Super Bowl again? I don't. You really want to see Aaron Rodgers and the Packers go to the Super Bowl? I don't. Exactly. It's, it just, it gives you that sweet satisfaction of, but also, I guess it does make you look back and be like, wow, damn, we really messed that up. That's all I got to say about that. But I think, I really think, yeah, building off of this year, they really, they really did a good job. Yeah, they One did. with the coach, the GM, just everything. I'm really excited for next yeah. year. Like I said, it's, it's a bright future for these Lions, man. Uh, I'm excited to see what, what this regime can do this offseason to help build on what we had, what we accomplished this year. Yeah, it's just uh, – and to be able to do this podcast, like I know, guys, we've been gone for oh, <laughs> about a month and a half now uh, and all that time, you know. Christmas, holidays, uh, life events, you know, craziness. Uh, you know, family starting. It's been a crazy month and a half, but, you know, I love doing this. I know you do oh, too, yeah. so. Um, um, well, yeah, um, I appreciate everybody that tuned into this episode, man. Um, we got some more stuff coming soon. Um, be sure to tune in, check the Twitter. Make sure you guys subscribed. Yeah, we'll we'll do some uh, we'll do like a Pistons episode I think later this week. Um, we still want to do uh, some movie stuff. So if you guys got movie suggestions, like I know we have a Spider Man one that we got we got work on. We got to work yeah. on. Yeah, we, uh, we definitely got some stuff coming for y'all. But uh, other than that, I hope that you guys enjoyed this. I know it was a long episode, but. Just so much to talk about, so much to look forward to. Uh, it's gonna be a long off season, of course, as it always is as a Lions fan. But I think there's more room for optimism now than there ever has, at least within the last, you know, five six years. So yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, other than that, I appreciate you guys for tuning into the Spirit of Detroit podcast. As always, go Detroit. <laughs>